Sort of simply unprofessional. I'm your host, Webby. Coughing halfway through that was Rob. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> and we also got Devin. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's me. And we got special guest Apple back. Hello. <clears throat> so, Apple, you're joining us because you recommended this one and we decided to choose it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, this week we're going to be speaking about a series of YouTube videos called the Mandela Catalog. Uh, Got it. Created by Alex Kister, uh, an 18-year-old student from Hubertus, Wisconsin. Kister? I barely know her. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Too bad Donnie's not on this episode. This guy's from Wisconsin. He might know where the damn cheese is. <laughs> You're right, though. <laughs> little inside joke for all you guys out there. Um. Well, I, you know, this this was a set of videos for sure. Uh. <laughs> I did not know this until doing a, a, just a, a very, very brief little stint of research after watching the videos. But these were uh, essentially inspired by the quarantine from from the COVID outbreak and essentially being locked up uh, and... Uh, Alex wanted to focus on on losing that particular sense of security um, while doing this project. Um, man, I don't even know where or how to begin describing this this set of videos. Um, They kind of focus around like an alternate timeline where in I think it was the seventies or eighties, I think it was the eighties. They they like mention a date where these beings that they end up referring to as alters, like or alternates, are in the world and there's like a slight I would call it biblical undertones, if they're not implying in my opinion, because there's a lot of like deriving your own meaning from this because it's not like a set whatever i believe that the creatures aren't actually biblical biblical but they're preying on people's uh philosophical and religious natures to like make them feel fear or like drive them to insanity but the creatures take on the form of people and sometimes they mimic it great and sometimes they look a little fucked up where their like extremities are a little long or their faces look a little warped or like and it's just like uh, this the unreality of it uh, which has been a term people use for like ai generation and stuff like that uh i feel like is really hits that uncanny valley sometimes for me or like the i don't know i don't know if that described it <laughs> i feel like <laughs> yeah um like 
I read a couple different articles, and, and this one seems to be the most lengthy one. Like, I was trying to find a Wikipedia on it, but there was one that it was just like, yeah, it was Mandela Catalog was created by Alex, Alex Kister, and feel free to add to it. And then it was just, that was the end of it. Um, but I did find a GQ article. Um, and And from this GQ article... It says, each Mandela installment is presented as an instructional video for the citizens of the namesake Mandela County, who are being menaced by a supernatural threat. Viewers gradually piece together the plot for themselves. Details start to add up. Children are disappearing. The cause seems to be alternates or doppelgangers. These creatures look just like you or a loved one. They can't hurt you directly but they know exactly what to say to get you to hurt yourself. Oh, and they can manipulate TV and radio, as we established with that one creepy one on the on the TV all the time. Um, yeah. It goes on uh, to say, Kister... The only, the only part I disagree with on that is if, it, if it, they can't hurt you directly, how are they making children disappear? Well, I feel like they get sucked into the TV or something. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That seems directly harmful to be sucked into the TV. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. But it doesn't, I will say, though, it doesn't seem like they are directly harming adults. It seems like they're driving adults to insanity. And I don't know if, like, some part of me wonders if their children actually are gone or like what happens there or like maybe children are far more susceptible susceptible you know they say oh kids can see ghosts kids can mm-hmm. whatever whether or not you believe in ghosts that's like a very common thing is like kids see things we don't and maybe that is some of it is like the kids are susceptible to something that the adults aren't but mm-hmm. yeah the, the article continues with kister uh discussing the themes uh, fear of an intruder, fear of the dark, fear of yourself, uh, as universal childhood phobias resurfaced by the pandemic. And he's quoted with saying, when I was young, I felt like the thing that I would that would scare me most um, was not a typical boogeyman-style monster, he said, but just coming home, coming to your room, and seeing yourself there instead. Um, yeah. So, these videos, when you're watching them, it is a lot of, there's a lot of different type of, uh, I wouldn't call them scary. They're, if anything, like slightly unnerving sound effects. Um, And... Like, I don't even know how to describe the sound effects. Not even just, like, the... Te- not even the effects of, like, the TV turning on and hearing the white noise, but, like, just the oddball, like, audio frequencies that they use mm-hmm. in the interim. Um, It's a lot of still frame pictures. Hello. And Devin received a phone call. Uh, but like, for instance, it would show like, you know, a a video camera shooting like a hallway and then it would cut Mm. and then it would cut back to that same video camera shooting the same hallway. Then it would cut, then it would come back and the hallway would be dark, but you'd have enough light in the foreground to know that it's still that hallway. And then it would cut and then it would come back and then there'd be like a set of glowing dots like up near the ceiling or something, you know, representing eyes. Mm-hmm. And then it would cut and then it would go back to normal all over again. Uh, and it's just, it's a lot of these types of things. I, I will say, I was going into this one a lot more worried that I was going to be genuinely frightened by the end of it. Like I don't handle, th- I don't handle certain things very well. Um, it wasn't necessarily jump scary, which is my worst 
That's the worst. That's that's the worst culprit for me. Loud, yeah, I don't enjoy or, or, jump scares yeah. that much personally. <laughs> uh, I will say that the very very end of it just uh, it, to me it was just like uh, I'm not I'm not comparing it to it, but I'm comparing oh, yeah. the the fear that it brought to me and when, but it was just like that uh, the Blair Witch Project for me. I watched the entire Blair Witch Project movie. I thought it was super boring the entire time until the very last 30 seconds of the film. And for whatever reason, it was such a small thing and you didn't see anything creepy or anything like that, but it just really freaked me out. And in this, right at the end, you just, you're in a dark hallway and you see something come down from the ceiling and then it just gets progressively closer to the camera, and, and that that freaked me out. Um, For me, I think the reason I don't because I when I think about it, like it doesn't bother me, but it, like it gave uh, there was many times even during rewatches because I I'd seen this previously, which is why I recommended it. It just would give me goosebumps. It would just give me like chills because it was more like what my brain could conjure up with this information as right. opposed to necessarily the things that were being shown to me, like it's a great story and that's what i find really it's like the concept because i can totally picture like the things like at one point for example a kid is like telling a story within um the thing about how his dad forgot to tuck him in and so he wanted to go down he wanted to like go to his parents room basically but he had to go down the stairs and go past this dark room that he found really scary and there was a man in the corner in the room just staring at him and and like that concept, because as a kid, I definitely—I don't ever think I really had sleep paralysis, but like I know a lot about it. And like there were definitely, I had like repetitive dreams about like um, being locked in a car and I couldn't see what was happening. Like it, the car was moving, but I couldn't see anyone in the driver's seat. Like little things like that. Like the kind of the concept of something fucking with you or like seeing yourself but fucked up or just seeing another person but their face is warped in a way that's not like oh they got in an accident and their skins like no like genuinely it shouldn't be able to do that elongated or yeah yeah no it just that idea of like seeing that in my room fucks with me (laughs) and see I, i will say that that's that's kind of like i'm my own worst enemy when it comes to fear stuff is if something manages to grab a hook in my brain, my brain will run with it. And I'll mm-hmm. start generating all these own scenarios in my own head after watching whatever it was that creeped me out, even, even the slightest. And my own imagination will just scare the crap out of me forever. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I've brought this up before, the movie 13 Ghosts. Uh there was a scene where you saw the suicide victim ghost. It was, there was the lady in the bathtub uh, and she was super pale except for right around her eyes. Her eyes were very dark and like her eyes themselves looked, uh, if I remember correctly, almost black, like the demons from supernatural. And she just like her head snapped and just looked up at the guy. And so for the longest time, whenever I was using the restroom at my house, I would just look to the left at the at the bathtub and I would just see that image. And I was like, nope, okay, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that really stuck with me for the longest time is, oddly enough, the bedroom that I sleep in now. Uh, is it the prospect? No. Prospector? <laughs> no. <laughs> Growing up when I was a little kid, that used to be my parents' room. Okay, so when you would walk in, the bed would be right there, and like the head of the bed would be to the left underneath the window. So it made kind of a U shape out of the room, or like a backward C, uh, where you could walk around the bed. Well, I I don't remember who was watching it at the time. Maybe my mom was watching it, or or somebody else. But they were watching. I believe it was Pet Cemetery, and this is the reason mm-hmm. why I will never watch Pet Cemetery ever again. There is a scene where the boy in Pet Cemetery opens up the room, or opens up a door to a bedroom, and it was laid out almost exactly like my parents' room, with the bed right where it was, and on the other side of the bed, in a rocking chair, which my mom also had. 
there was just this old lady, and she was just rocking back and forth, and she just slowly kind of turned her head to look at the boy in the doorway, and she got up and sprinted at the boy, like, yeah. around the <laughs> bed, like, supernaturally fast. And, like, so every time I even approached my parents' bedroom, I just saw that, and I was like, nope, mm. I'm good. So it's like my own mind will grasp onto some of these concepts that, you know, I know it's not there and whatever, but my brain really makes me want to see it. And it just refrightens me all over again. Uh, so like if I'm ever in a dark hallway, yeah, I'm probably going to think about this Mandela catalog thing and see things slowly dropping down from the, from the ceiling. <laughs> Actually, probably even worse if I'm in a completely dark hallway, I'm just going to hear the fucking pitter-patter of the footsteps running up to me. That was that was kind of yeah. unnerving. <clears throat> um, yeah, they played with choral music a lot. Like, where you just hear, like, a person, like, an opera song, just kind of, like, singing. Kind of slow, a little, like... It, that I don't know why that fucks with me a lot too. Yeah, almost like a record player, but somebody's holding uh -huh. their finger down on it to slow it down on purpose. Yeah, yeah. Um, Rob, what did you think about this when we watched it? Um, I mean, I feel like younger people would not like understand because. Like, it's very VHSC tape, most of it. And, like, if you've never seen one, you would be like, why is this quality so crappy? <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's what VHS is used to look like. I will say analog horror uh, is a genre that is very popular right now. So I'm not saying they wouldn't understand it, but it is, even though they might not have any firsthand experience understanding why it looks that way and, like, seeing it and having any memories tied to it, it mm -hmm. that stylistic choice is very, like a lot of indie horror games are using it right See, now. That's even better because if any kids ever came to your house, you could put a VHS tape in a, in a VCR. And when they'd start seeing like the poor quality and the squiggly lines, they'd be like, Oh hell no. We're in a horror movie <laughs> just... right now. Ain't we? They're just like deeply frightened of VHS tape quality. <laughs> Sorry. Um, keep going, Rob. <laughs> but yeah, but like, so that's, like when you're watching it, you're like, "Oh yeah, this is how this is true. This is how VHS used to look." Uh, mm -hmm. uh -huh. So that like the little subtle like changes where they're like, uh, like where it's like normal, and then for a minute it's like weird or whatever. It's it's a little unnerving. But but like Webby said, I wasn't really frightened. Like nothing really bothered me until the end when the cop is like in that a hallway at the end and thing comes out of the ceiling that has no head at first and then the head like is it around the back and it like comes up yeah that i was like okay okay now i'm a little uh, freaked yeah. out <laughs> yeah and for frame of reference for any of you who have seen the blair witch project uh i think they made a sequel i'm just talking about the original one the whole movie was completely boring to me until the very very end of the movie where they found their missing friend or one of them, and he was just standing and facing a corner. Back to the group. That's it. Then they ended the movie. That freaked me out. <laughs> I don't know why. So, hey, shit's supposed to freak you out. Uh, Devin, if you are able to, what did you think about oh. the Mandela Catalog? I mean, I had seen it before. Um, I, it's been a while. I will say that. <clears throat> but um, yeah, I mean, it's good. It was as good the second time as it was the first time. Didn't have quite the like effect on me the second time. The impact, uh -huh. yeah. The impact and the effect of me the second time around. Uh, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of analog horror in general. Anyway, um, that's why I kind of had also recommended the back rooms. Oh, the back rooms. Yeah. Like, I do love, yeah, the back rooms are fun. Uh, I, I'm a fan of analog horror in general and just very other things. All in that genre. I, I like all horror for the most part. No, no, <laughs> so what were... What are some of the... The parts of this that you... you I guess appreciated the most as being a fan of horror or, or that you thought... 
Like, what was the scariest just, part? The of biggest this? thing about this for me is just the tone of it. I think I don't think necessarily there's any one part that's like scary. It just does a really good job of like setting a unsettling tone throughout the entirety of the, um, like of the of the shorts. I don't think it. I don't. I can't really point to like one thing and be like, oh, this is this is it right here. But I think the overall like it just creates a mood and a tone. Where if you're like watching it at two in the morning in a dark room, uh, it even without doing that, like it still kind of gives you that. But like with a full effect, watch it at two o'clock in the morning in, in a dark room, and uh, okay. it just creates this really unsettling, like atmosphere that gets you like second guessing everything. You know what I mean? Well, uh, speaking of that, uh, it's still in that CQ or GQ. Uh, um, article uh, it goes on to say that shooting in his own childhood home Kister takes nondescript features a hallway, a flight of stairs uh, and makes them evoke true discomfort shots hold just long enough to make you wonder if there's something in the corner uh, and then they put in parentheses there is Adding, <laughs> adding to the sense of isolation, there's no on-screen cast. Characters are portrayed through still images and voiceover. Uh, friends occasionally contributed dialogue. That said, Kister did need someone to play the monster on the other side of his bedroom door uh, for the climactic scene. He offered the role to his mom, who turned in a performance that after some voice manipulation is quite haunting. Uh, so what a no. Oh, that was his mom who I love that was asking him to come open the door, which I do think was kind of also pretty creepy. Mm. You want to uh, know what fucks me up the most? And it fucks me up so much that I, I forgot it wasn't a part of his YouTube channel. So just like with the backrooms, which Crash Course, for y'all who don't know about the backrooms, it's essentially... It takes the idea of like clipping out of reality and into this like you like clip through reality and you end up in this place that just looks like it's just fucking endless. It looks like kind of like an office space. There's no like cubicles, but it's got that kind of signature ceiling. It's all yellow tone. There's columns. You can just keep going forever. Basically, you're, you're fucking lost in it and eventually you'll go insane. But so there's a lot of video games that have come from these art pieces, which I consider them to be art pieces personally. Uh, and so there's video games about the Mandela catalog. And one of the ones that fucked me up the most was a video of this guy. He's laying on his ground and he's just trying to keep still, but he's recording down the hallway. And he says, it's in my mother's room. And then you hear like the voice that's so distorted. It's like, come help me. I'm so scared. And it's like the way that it says it, because the video game does it way better. It's like the, f the fact that it's like trying to pull you in by like using these keywords that it knows but it says it that just the tone doesn't sound right and it like just sounds just slightly off like that really fucks me up and then also and this is just a personal thing i actually have a fear response to um like the national weather service alerts that you get um whenever oh. like severe weather's about to happen yeah, so at, like, like at the beginning of of this catalog thing when they played uh-huh yeah. yeah so like cuz to me that strictly meant because I grew up in Tornado Alley, that meant a tornado was coming. That scared me. So hearing that didn't equal, oh, like, I need to know that a tornado, like, that meant I was going to get, like, I was scared immediately. So hearing that, like, sound in them, like, playing with that whole national web, like, national alert, hey, government's trying to warn you that there's this weird fucking thing. And then it's, like, that same kind of voice that they use. Like, he just did a really good job, like, recreating that, honestly. And that just scared me because I'm already afraid of that. <laughs> Um, I will say when asked Alex, uh, when the reporter or the writer of this article asked Alex what tools he used for the project, he held up his iPhone 11. Though he's gathered a strong following with his current approach, he has his sights set on more ambitious projects. Uh, he quotes, I'm trying to reach people on a bit of a broader spectrum, he said. I want to go beyond mindless jump scares and just cause that just cause a physiological reaction uh, rather than a psychological one. Um, then it goes on to say there are a few quote unquote jump scares in the Mandela catalog. Something that's a typical of the genre it 
uh, it exists on the YouTube on YouTube termed analog horror like you brought up earlier the genre has a distinct VHS aesthetic uh, warm colors and nostalgic fonts violently interrupted by static and distortion um, which always got worse the more you recorded over a tape uh, and supernatural entities all of them are presented as found footage. Think the Blair Witch or Cloverfield. For that reason, analog horror is best encountered via the YouTube recommendation algorithm late at night, by yourself, just before bed, not really knowing what the hell you're looking at. Alex says the genre-defining titles like Chris Straub's Local 58 and mm, Martin yep. Wall's The Walton Files inspired oh, the Mandela fucking catalog. Walton Files. Oh, uh, like oh any that would have been fucky. Like any <laughs> online community, Analog Horror has its share of critics. Kister embraces their feedback. When a viral tweet made fun of his project's success, he responded by making a full-blown parody of his own videos, including a step-by-step -step guide on how to make his monsters. You toss a bunch of iPhone effects on a photo... Of something making stupid faces. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that's the end of that article. So. <laughs> um, yeah, if you if you've seen the Mandela catalog or you want to watch it and you go watch it first, but I do recommend going into some of uh, Matt Pat's, aka like Game Theory, uh, his like breakdowns of it because. It, you know, I personally like theorizing and stuff, and I feel like sometimes it, it's fun to like see what someone else saw when they were watching it. And you're like, oh, I didn't notice that detail, or oh, this, that, and the other thing. Um, and that that's at least just how I get enjoyment out of things, is like also through watching that kind of stuff. Yep. Um, I would say this is not something that I will ever watch late at night, in the dark, <laughs> in my room, alone. So. That's a uh, good idea. <laughs> well, what else, what else do you guys have to say about the Mandela catalog? How often do they, how often does he release these? Like, is he still currently making them? Yeah. There's not a schedule, but I mean... Because I think, you know, he's just, it's a creative passion project. Right. Um, I don't think it's done, but because I hadn't seen volume three whenever it was, like, whenever I, I didn't even know that was out, whenever I recommended it to you guys. So I got to watch that with fresh eyes like you guys did. <laughs> and that's the one that had the guy dropping from the ceiling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I just, I love the fact that, like, halfway through, I was like, ah, I don't really find this scary. Now, if they put something on the screen that actually moved, I'd probably reconsider. And then, like, that happened. I was just like, yeah, okay. Come on now. It's like they heard me. Yeah, my brain, and I feel like this is true with, like, most things. My brain can enhance something that if, if I'm given a good groundwork, my brain will take it and run with it and make it more scary. <laughs> mm. Not with all things. It comes, it's stuff like that. Cause like watching like, um, like horror video games, for example, like watching someone play Resident Evil. I don't like go home and like think about that kind of thing. But like his was like, his was a story to like read and not like a, like to consume like the backrooms, that shit. Dude, the Walton files. Sorry. <laughs> I like forgot that existed until you mentioned it and it, I just really? like, brought all my vivid memories back. That one's fucking crazy. Matilda. That one has a lot more visuals. Is Tilly being bad? She's being mouthy. She's sprouting her Nazi propaganda yet again. <laughs> All over yeah, the, the place. So what is the, the Walton, Walton Files? files? It, it, it vaguely in, reminds me of like Five Nights at Freddy's. But... You're like, you found all these old training VHSs for a company that doesn't exist anymore. And you like watch through them. But there was like a murder that happened amongst all of them. And so there's occasionally these like distorted images and like you see people's faces. And then 
at one point they find an old vault where all the stuff got put essentially and you watch someone's video of him like walking through the forest up to this vault and it's vhs quality but it's someone like and this whole thing is about like trying it's like there's a whole murder involved and like just all sorts of shit i feel like i can't describe it that well because i haven't watched it enough recently to be able to be like here's an in-depth explanation about it but it's i would say it's has more it has way more visuals than um the mandela catalog does because that 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 are a little more disturbing although i get a little more disturbed by like not it doesn't have to be moving for me to be fucked up by it i guess (laughs) yeah and uh, i mean kind of like what dylan what Devin said was like the Mandela catalog did very well at like just kind of setting an eerie tone, like through sound effects or music or just, you know, uh, still pictures. What is this that you just put in there, Devin? It's like a five, six minute video. Uh, it's kind of reminded me when she was talking about, um, the Walton Files that reminded me of this kind of reminds me a little bit of the Walton Files, a little bit different. Um, where it's like a ad for a it's called Star Park, it's an ad for a, a theme park that doesn't exist, but it's like as the ad goes on, things get progressively more strange and unsettling. Hmm. It's a good genre. If you like, like, I don't know, just look into analog horror if you are a horror fan, because I think it's a fun genre. There's a lot of video games that are analog horror that like to also play into whenever it's like a video game that's analog horror. If it's not a found footage video game, it's normally like PlayStation level polygon graphics where it's got like triangle titties kind of thing. Like, (laughs) but those full of graphics. Yes, that is exactly what I was referencing. But yeah, so it goes for that really like low poly count video game style, like on purpose. Um, normally with some grainy overtones as well. But it's a it's a developing genre that I really enjoy, honestly. <laughs> All right. Well, anybody else have anything else to say about analog horror or or uh, the Mandela catalog, Rob, Devin? Uh, any others that you know of that you would recommend? Uh, like I said, I mean, the back room is always good. Somebody have a cat? Uh, I was a small child. Oh, sounded like a cat to me. That was a small child. Uh, let's see. I will say well, now looking. that you referenced what those backroom videos or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I do recall Smosh making a couple of those. Yes, yeah, they had a backrooms video recently. Local Fifty Eight is pretty good for mm-hmm. analog horror. I don't know if you fully counted as analog horror, but I Siren Head. That one's I for me that also plays into the whole uh, sound. I do love Siren Head. Uh, it just sucks that like the Siren Head creator, like, kind of like grew to hate his own creation. Yeah, I don't know what happened there. He like grew to hate his own creation, and mm-hmm. basically, so it's like, there's like a Siren Head movie at one point to talk about, but like all of it shut down because he grew to like, hate his own creation and shit. And he's just like, That's... I give permission to nobody to do anything with Siren Head anymore. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Siren Head was like this. Ju- it 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 had, as the name implies, sirens on his head, um, and it would play like the the sound of like you know like a, a raid siren or like a tornado siren, and he'd be taller. He'd be. It's, he was tall and lanky, and he looked kind of like a pole, but he had arms, and it was just the images that you can find of it is him like yeah, what Devin just sent. <laughs> You'd just see him climb over a fucking building or through some trees and like you'd hear his siren and like it was out. Oh, it was hmm. I, I thought it was fucked up, man. <laughs> yeah, Seems fucked up. <laughs> I like Siren. It's cool. 
Yeah. You just misunderstood. Misunderstood. Poor boy. <laughs> Jim thinks he wants to. He, he's yelling out in anger. He's yelling out in pain. He's misunderstood. <laughs> he, he is blaring his siren head in pain. And he just needs someone to love him. I just need somebody to love. <laughs> just like Slenderman. They, they just kept turning down his application. He was too thin to play mall Santa, so now he just kidnaps children. <laughs> if only they let him play mall Santa, we wouldn't have there would have been no there would have been no Slenderman. Jesus, that second one's even more unnerving. Yeah. Visual media for the audio podcast. It wouldn't be SC without. <laughs> it wouldn't be. And Star Park is going to be the Star Park's going to be the one you're going to have to look at them for. Tilly, oi, oi, oi! I can say that too. Oi. All right. God, it would have been such a good movie. It would have been. I wouldn't have watched it. I don't like horror movies, but <laughs> I like horror games. I would have made Webby watch it. Like, Webby, we're watching this. He's like, no. Like, Webby. Webby. If it was October, I wouldn't have had a choice. Like, Webby. I know. I would, we would have did it would have been like June. Then I probably would have oh, protested. Also, you would have protested. I would have been like, Webby. It's fine. Uh, also, I mean, I already know uh, that next month you're going to end up having me watch that movie that we didn't watch last year with the Thanksgiving turkey. Oh, thanks killing. One in thanks killing three. Yeah, yeah, the one that skipped over <laughs> the sequel. Thanks killing one and thanks killing three. Thanks killing is a fantastic movie. Oh you know, my hey, god! You know like what? I made you. I made you watch uh, Evil Bong or whatever it was, and I also watch. I, I made you watch Velocipaster with me, so I'll watch I mean, you. Velocipaster. You just named the only thing that you made. The only you didn't name the one thing I hated that you made. Listen, me watch. Life After Beth was a phenomenal movie, and <laughs> yeah, I Life Beth was a terrible movie. <laughs> the worst part about Life After Beth was was jazz. the beginning to the end. Smooth jazz, which they also <laughs> played from the beginning to the end. So it was terrible from beginning to end. Okay, I'm glad we can reach this this uh this agreement. Aubrey Plaza, if you're listening, which I know you're not, I loved you in Life After Beth. <laughs> I mean, I love you too, Aubrey Plaza. I just don't. Like <laughs> you you know, know, okay, what's that show that she, the Parks and Rec show? I just read somewhere that uh, she got the role on that show. Have any of you ever seen that show, Parks and Rec? Parks and Rec, yeah, I've seen Parks and Rec. No, I mean, I know of it, but I've never actually watched it. Okay. I watched an episode and then realized it's. Not for me, not because it's not a good show, but because, uh, like, uh, humor that involves self embarrassment, like cringe and stuff, like, not to use the word cringe poorly, but like, uh, like s similar humor to The Office, it makes me, I have like a physical reaction to that kind of humor because I get a lot of secondhand embarrassment from it. <laughs> gotcha. All right. Uh, I read an article that Aubrey Plaza got her role on that job because one of the, I want to say one of the people in charge of casting or, or something came up to the director after going out to just get something for lunch one day. And he comes up and he says, dude, I just met this ridiculously uncomfortable person. Uh, very oddball. You need to meet her. And then they introduced them to Aubrey Plaza, who... A lot of the times, if you've ever seen interviews with Aubrey Plaza, she is strange. She she is she is how she kind of acts in that show. And uh, yeah, they just they wrote her a role to have her in the show. So anyway, that was my little Aubrey Plaza rant. Uh, Life after I still have to make Rob watch Life After Bed. There's there's a good movie. <laughs> Um. Well, uh, does anybody else have anything they want to mention about analog horror, Mandela catalog stuff? Uh, if not, it's we're going to be wrapping up here shortly because I don't have anything else to say. I don't know much about this genre. Like I said, it wasn't overly spooky to me. 
until things started actually moving on screen. Um, still images don't, well, I can't say still images don't bother me. Mm -hmm. They do. And the tone kind of gets to you every so often, but, um, yeah, like the pitter patter of the footsteps in the complete darkness bothered me. That got to me. I also didn't like it when they'd have the thing talking to you in its weird distorted voice and it would only be coming through your like left headphone because it's on your left and then it's on your right. So it's only coming through the right, the spatial sounds <laughs> um, that actually had me like looking around. I, it, that one put a little couple of chills up my spine, but otherwise, I mean, I thought it was interesting. I thought the story itself was, was entertaining. <clears throat> I'm glad you liked it at least. Yeah. Or at least didn't hate it. Yeah, good recommendation. <laughs> yeah, I, like I, I liked it more, and I thought it was scarier than Hocus Pocus 2. <laughs> Hocus Pocus 2 wasn't meant to be scary. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, it was kind of scary at how not great it was. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go watch Hocus Pocus 2. It was an alright movie. It's worth seeing at least once. And then probably never again. Um, well, with that, I guess we'll uh, we'll start doing our sign-off stuff. Um, I guess, well, first let's talk a little bit. Or do at least a little bit of a reminder. Uh, next week's episode is going to be on... The No Sleep Podcast, which Rob has yep. to pull a couple episodes for us to listen to. Yep, I downloaded it. I'm just listening to some to see which ones I like. <laughs> um, now, the average length of those podcast episodes, you said, were roughly what? Uh, it depends. Like, the the whole episodes are, like, two hours, but each story is, like, five to, like, five to twenty minutes, depending on... Like how long the story is, basically, because they they read scary stories, but they do like they act it out with voices and everything. Right. Okay, so you're gonna pull, you know, two to three episodes of that for us to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um. And then we're also gonna be talking about Crypt TV, which is another YouTube thing. Uh, and I have two things written here in parentheses. One's called Looksy, and one's called oh. Door in the Woods. I believe Door in the Woods was recommended by Devin. Crypt TV itself was recommended by Avalos. Uh, so that will be coming up next week. Uh, Rob, do you want to promote the Halloween stream for the end of the month? Sure, I do. Uh, so October the 29th, starting at noon and going for 13 hours, is our annual holiday dead stream. We are going to be playing some spooky games, including some new ones this year. Well, I mean, not all of them are spooky. Some of them are just Halloween-themed. Uh, so we're going to be playing Witchet, uh, which is a game. It's kind of like Prop Hunt, if you've ever played that, where the witches can turn into items, and then there's witch hunters that got to try and find them. Uh then there's um, <clears throat> a Video Horror Society, which will kind of, I guess, sort of be like this, because uh, it's like old VHS movie monsters coming after you, and you can use like movie monster or uh, movie weapons, like lightsabers and stuff, to fight them off. Uh, it's uh, kind of like Dead by Daylight, but people are able to like fight back and set traps and stuff for the bad guys. Uh, then there's going to be Dead by Daylight itself, which I am not playing, but I will be observing, switching back and forth to give the audience a view of the killer and the <clears throat> and the survivors. Uh, and then there's going to be um, uh, Phasmophobia, which is a ghost hunting game. You take equipment into a house. You got to try and figure out what the ghost is with evidence and stuff, and find certain things, and take pictures. Uh, and the ghost can hunt you and kill you. So, 
And then the last is another new game called Midnight Ghost Hunt, which is there's two teams of four. Four people are the ghost, four people are the hunters, and the the ghost hunters, it's it's a little like Witchet where the ghost can possess items. Uh but at midnight the ghost can come out and attack the the hunters instead. So the hunters gotta try and find them before midnight, um, or they have to survive after the ghosts are able to come back. Hell yeah, look at that lineup. Alrighty. Um with that, do you have a science corner this week? Oh, uh, I actually did not prepare one. Okay. Rob, oh, I know. God, I was doing lots of stuff this week. <laughs> Let me see if I can find something really quick. Do I know anything? I have no no have, thoughts. Hit empty. I have a science fact. Oh yeah. Yep. The further north you Either go, always... the colder it gets. Oh, well. did you know that Boston gets 40 to 50 inches of snow a year? Oh, yeah, I learned that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that'd be you know like average. Going hard yeah, it is. It will get hotter again. What was that, Devin? Did you know that if you keep going far enough north, it would just get hotter again? Well, yeah, because eventually. eventually you're going to start traveling south again. Eventually, you start. if you keep going north, eventually you start going south. Webby Flat Earther confirmed. Uh, what do you mean? What? No, I said if you. I'm saying like I, 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 I was just laughing. I was when you said that because technically, like if Earth was flat, yes, and you kept going north enough, it would not. It would never get. It would never get warm again. You know. Warm. Well, no, because if you go north enough, eventually you'll be going south, and so when you go south, it gets warm again. Right. But I'm saying on a flat Earth that wouldn't work. Did you know yeah. that canonically the the world in the Lord of the Rings? Start at least started off as a flat world. Well, obviously he drew it on paper. True facts. No, like it, it canonically <laughs> was a, a flat world. <clears throat> but as it should be. I don't know if it, I don't know if it remains that way as they expanded it, but we may never know. You may never know. At what point? Disregard north and south, because I feel like there's an obvious point. Once you like go over the cusp of the North Pole or South Pole, you're heading the other direction again, right? Mm-hmm. Well, at what point, if you're heading east, are you then heading west? Are you just always? Is it always east? Right? Yeah, it's always okay. east. It wouldn't it's be east. west again. Yeah, because there is no pole on either side, right? Yeah, right. I mean, you could end up. In the west by going east, but you would right. still be going east. Right. <clears throat> still going east. Boom. Mine's blown. There you go, gang. <laughs> <laughs> um, science article that, that I found that jumps out at me is uh, that they can, they've been growing human nerve cells inside rats. Because, uh, you know, Born? they. Huh? <laughs> Thorn? <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, it'll be a thorn soon. Uh, but it's it's because they can grow nerve human nerve cells in like petri dishes, but they don't function as well. They found that if they put them in like to a living being, they actually like grow like a regular human nerve cell would. Like it it, it starts to function even inside the rats the way, same way a human brain would. You know, I actually just read an article involving rats too. Uh I guess technically it would be scientific, but apparently they taught some rats how to play the Doom, the video game, <laughs> and they were considering putting up a Twitch channel for these rats to play Doom. Yeah, I'd watch it. I'd watch it. Yeah, hell, hell <laughs> yeah. Um, Devin, do we have life advice with Devin? It's gonna be hard to top the one you put last week, bud. Last week's was such a good life advice. And if you don't know what it was, I guess you should go listen to last week's. Heck yeah. My life advice for this week is, hey, listen, don't let people treat you like the brown stuff in Lucky Charms. You you are always the marshmallows. Wait, what's wrong with the <laughs> what's wrong with the the, the 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 actual cereal part of Lucky Charms? Nothing. Nobody eats that's, that's 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 one of my favorite parts. Is that one? I also agree. I actually hate the biting of like fresh marshmallows. Yeah, I don't like biting into them. I have to like squish them with my tongue to the roof of my mouth. 
No, like no, like the like, like like soft fresh marshmallows are good. Like roasted marshmallows are good. I don't like biting until like those like dehydrated marshmallows. Yeah, the ones that are in the cereal themselves. I, I cannot. I once bought. You know how they also sell those in like in like hot just cocoa mellows, packets. Some hot. Just mellows. You know how hot cocoa like, packets sometimes have the tiny marshmallows inside of them that yeah, are also dehydrated. Yeah. Okay, they sell those in a shaker container, and I just pour them into my mouth. See, I can't do that. I I yeah. can't bite into them. Like it bothers me. Like I have to like let them dissolve in my mouth or squish them with my tongue to like the roof of my mouth. Yep. Or just like I can let them dissolve. That's not the worst thing ever. Also, yeah. uh, second piece of life advice: um, to be sure you uh, to be sure you're hitting your target. Shoot first and call whatever you hit the target. Ha 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 ha. Uh, well, with that being said, we're going to do our sign-offs here. Uh, Apple, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh, I have a YouTube channel, Apple Schloss. Go check it out. Heck yeah, lots of cool content. What's What kind of content do you put out there? Uh, and, well, not for the viewers. Well, in exactly like an hour and 20, 40 minutes, the Sims video is coming out. <laughs> All right. Sims, I know you do some Animal Crossing. And Dungeons and Dragons, but... <laughs> yeah. So go check it out, everybody. Uh, Rob, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X, and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X, where I've been playing Overwatch 2. And Devin, mm -hmm. where can people find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at DMP underscore P. You can find me on Twitch at Mr. D3, and as always, you can find me on eBay getting buying all those all the brown stuff and lucky charms yep uh as always you guys can follow me on twitter at jacks forest walker all one word on twitch at dm webby and on ebay at <sighs> looking for devin no think faster <laughs> uh thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode and let us know what you think and, and some maybe some of your favorite analog horror stuff so I can pass it on to the people who enjoy horror stuff. Uh, we love you. Fuck Booster Gold. That's what she said. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. Well, fuck Booster Gold. Yeah. Better not be the good kind. <laughs> <laughs> Open Shit. to interpretation. No. <laughs> Sucks. That's what he said. <laughs> <laughs>